0: But today I'm going to share with you a 10-step process that is essential. You must do this work to completely heal your childhood trauma. Now I say that because what is trauma? It's an emotional event. Well, the process is part of my, the emotional mastery method that I've developed because we must shift where we are emotionally, in part because modern neuroscience now shows we become what we feel, not what we think. I'm gonna say it again, we become what we feel and not what we think. I know that goes against everything you've learned, everything, most of the information that is out there, unless you're a junkie like me and you're you know always looking for what the newest information is, there's still most processes are teaching you to deal with your thoughts. Well, every thought originates from an emotion. So to help you update your information, get you into the present day as to how all of this works and what science is discovering, I'm gonna offer you two books to check out. The first one is by Ian McGilchrist. It's called The Master and His Emissary. If you're a junkie who likes scientific proof and studies, this is for you. He's gone through the last 20 or 40 years of neuroscience, compiled all the studies, and you know delivered the summation of what all those studies show. Now, for those of you who are unsure about this emotion thing, um, while McGilchrist touches on that as well, Lisa Feldman Barrett is the expert in that. She is currently in the top 1% of all scientists cited for their work in any discipline all across the world. That's how profound her work on emotions has been. Now, when you read how emotions are made, you're going to see that we become our childhood. We become the emotions we experience in childhood and they just carry through with us. Now, this is important for a couple of reasons because of how trauma works. Most people think trauma is just the big stuff, like you know, severe, you know, emotional and physical experiences. It's not. It's also what many people would call little trauma. I personally don't. I define trauma as any life experience that creates a negative emotional event. And now when you read Lisa Feldman's Barrett book, you'll see why I've picked that definition. Because each emotional experience creates a massive chemical reaction in our body. Where brain and body becomes addicted to it, we repeat it the rest of our life. And that's why it's essential we need a 10-step emotional process to heal our childhood trauma. The other modalities, while they're great, there's a gap in their process. It doesn't touch this, and that's why we need to include it. Okay? So there's kind of there's 10 steps to it, but kind of a bonus step. And the first one is we need The prelim work to all of this is we need to discover what I call and have discovered something called the worst day cycle. Again, this is based on all my research on emotions and how they work. How all of us live our lives is stuck in this worst day cycle. And it shows how our childhood trauma, the little traumas, the big trauma, any emotional event is still running our adult life. We are still, all of us are still stuck in our childhood trauma. Now, I'm created two free options for you to help you with this. One, you can find on my website, www.kennyweiss.net. If you go to the resources section, you'll see I have several downloads. One of them is called, How to Heal from Codependence, Giving the Pain Back. That's the, the outline of the 10 steps. And so you don't need to take notes. It's all there for you. Just go and download it. Everything you need is right there, okay? Now, the other thing I created was, because this emotional mastery process is so essential to you healing all trauma in your life, I give away the first masterclass and of all my masterclasses, it's called Your Journey to Emotional Mastery. In there, you'll get the feelings wheel, you get everything you need to do the first three steps of, of the trauma work, the healing work that I'm about to lay out for you. Now, at the end of this video, I'm going to give you, for those that want the full process, want to go all the way, I have two more options for you. I'll talk about those at the end of this video, but let's get into the process. Step number one, we need to get a feelings wheel and we need to track our feelings. Now, that's in the free masterclass that can be found at www.thegreatnessu.com, all right? So you're going to get that feelings wheel, you're going to print it off and you're going to keep it with you. And I suggest you, for the it, it, it's a 30-day process, but you're going to want to track your feelings one to five times a day. Obviously, the more, the better. And what you're going to do is you're going to look at that feelings wheel and ask yourself, what am I feeling? Now, for most of you, you're going to start it off on the inner circle, very simple feelings, good, bad, things like that, is you gain emotional mastery and emotional granularity, as, as Dr. Feldman calls it, you're going to get to the outer circle. You're going to get more specific and in tune with your emotions. And this is critical because this will help you identify. All of us don't have one worst day cycle, like one traumatic event. We have countless, countless events. And I'm going to prove that to you in these first three steps. So you track your feelings uh, for 30 days, but just do it for a couple of days. And the way you do it is you should ask yourself, what am I feeling? Start with that. After a couple of days of doing that and getting used to discovering what you're feeling, step number two is ask yourself, where in my body do I feel this? Now you're going to see certain feelings reside in different parts of your body. This is why body work like yoga is helpful because we store trauma in our body. And so it's helping us identify. This is also where illness and disease come from. It stores in our body, the cells break down. And and so we're, we're improving our health by learning this. Okay, so once we've done those first two steps, we're going to ask ourselves, what's my first memory of having this feeling? Now, for most people, especially if you're new into the trauma healing aspect, you're going to have a memory of this feeling, say it was sadness, somewhere in the last one to five years, maybe it was a divorce, maybe you lost a job, a fight with a friend, something like that. That's great, write it down. Now. Ask yourself, what's my next memory? Maybe you know somewhere in the previous five years, something will pop up. Keep going through that process, categorizing you know, that same feeling, and this is what's going to bring you into reality. That even those moments when your perfectly imperfect parents just rolled their eyes at six years old, now you know why you get so frustrated when somebody doesn't return a text message you're reliving that trauma from childhood. What you thought didn't matter, what you thought was innocuous and just silly stuff, and and none of it has an effect on you. All of these events, and this is what Lisa Feldman's book and everything shows, we learn emotions in childhood and they get brought forward. That's why studies show 98% of our adult life. We're not present. I know we all think we're making decisions in this moment. We're acting out of all the information in the moment, but that's not even how our brain works. Our brain takes in information and it categorizes and makes predictions and assumptions all based on our past experience. What that means is we're categorizing it based on what we know. It doesn't mean we're seeing it accurately. It means our brain goes, oh, I know this. It must be this. My prediction is this is what's going on. And so what is that prediction based on it's based on our previous life events what are our emotions we're experiencing as an adult they're all back in childhood every single one you now you can see why i say every single person on this planet is in their worst day cycle we're just reliving the pain from the past our childhood trauma big trauma little trauma all of it that's all we are basically in a I'll try to say this politely, but we're just one big trauma being, that's it, okay? But do you see the value in tracking your feelings? You know, what are they? Where are my body? What's my first memory and tracking it down? Now you can see you have proof, you're in reality that it's actually your feelings driving your life, not your thoughts, that you're repeating the exact same trauma that you never healed in childhood. And that's why mindfulness doesn't teach you this. Neurofeedback doesn't teach you this, although neurofeed, like I, I've i done all of these modalities. So please do not hear me as disparaging them. They are all part of the process. We need the skills that they teach us, but they don't provide us this. And that's why it's so essential. Yoga, none of them get to the root cause, which is an emotional experience. They help us lighten that emotional reaction or mood or things like that they calm the brain down, they have tremendous benefits, but they don't deal with the direct subconscious implementation of emotional experiences in our brain. And that's why I've developed this emotional mastery method because we need this skill. All right. So now you see how your childhood is running your life, how you're reliving your childhood trauma, exactly what you need to work on and need to heal. And the obvious next question is okay, great Kenny. Well, what do I do about it now? How do I heal it? Well, let's move into you know the next six days steps, which will give you the begins, you know, give you that healing process. Families have a lot going on. The first step, step number four in this 10 step process is to ask yourself, what are my mantras? Now, what do I mean by that? Well, think about it. When those emotions come up, there's something you say to ourselves. And so remember, thought comes from an emotion. So you have an experience and then a thought comes and you've developed this mantra. Like for me, um, my dad had to always be right. I couldn't argue with him. And so when, you know, we a discussion be happening and I'd want to stand up for myself that feeling would hit me of you know I'm going to be you know rejected like it, all of all of those you know discounted ignored um, invisible abandoned all those feelings hit and my thought became what's the point? She's not going to listen anyway. That's my internal mantra. See there's a a phrase this is why many people think our thoughts drive us but it started from that emotional event. And so we had the emotional event. We created a thought to try and navigate it. Well, that thought is the mantra. So what is it for you? I have clients that, you know, when they push up against anything that's scary, you know, one client, he's like, what the F? It's a swear word. You know, everybody has something. It just doesn't matter. Who cares? Nobody listens to me. All of these different things we say, and and again, it started from that emotional moment. So we need to write down what those mantras are. Now, step five is, now that we are in truth, we have stopped suppressing, we have stopped repressing, we've stopped condoning and minimizing our big and little trauma from childhood. We have to do what we never did, grieve. We, because in those moments, especially as a child, we were in survival mode. We were quickly making calculations of, wait, this doesn't work. Mom, dad, ignore me, uh, all these different things. I can't be sad about that. Cause what, I mean, after all, boys don't cry. Don't be a tattletale. Think of all the mantra messages we were sent that it's not okay to be sad. Toughen up, come on. Now don't, I, I want to make sure I'm clear on this. I'm not belittling parents. I'm not advocating, you know, this everyone gets a trophy model is parenting. That's not what any of this is. It's just a natural outcome. Like parents need to set boundaries. They need to say no. They need to do all these things. That's all healthy. What I am describing is most of us haven't been taught how to put those boundaries in place for a child in a way that doesn't shame them. And therefore that's what creates this trauma. It's a lack of information. It's a lack of, of knowledge. It, we've never taught how to be an effective parent without using shame. And that's what creates these injurious moments and the inability to navigate them. And then our parents grew up in an era where you just didn't talk about emotions in previous, like no one's ever, we, as a society, and this is part of how emotions get made, society is, is an integral part. Society has sent the message, emotions are bad. Thought matters. I'm all intellect. I don't let my emotions take me over. Well, as we now know, the best intellect comes from the deepest, the person who's most deeply connected emotionally. It, it comes from an emotional place. Not, intellect is not separate. Intellect, as you'll discover by reading those books, intellect is built on top of emotion, not the other way around. It isn't intellect that that deals with emotion. It's emotion that creates the intellect. So the weaker we are emotionally, the more defective or dysfunctional or the more we'll struggle intellectually, okay? So we have to grieve all the pain we never got to grieve. And this means setting time aside to cry. And I know for a lot of men, that's just not easy. And those messages from childhood, those mantras are very strong. And even for many women, nowadays, women are being told, they have to be men, they can't cry. Um, We're taking away that empathy from women and demanding that um, they shut down just like men have been. So this is a difficult process for both sides. Crying was obviously, is an incredibly therapeutic process. And we need to stop the shame about, you know, experiencing that. I know for me, when I was going through this process, I scheduled it every day. I would come home and I'd schedule 30 minutes to deal with the pain from the past. I'd pull up these memories, I'd work through this process and I'd grieve it. And I'd wail for about 30 minutes. I learned that's as long as I can go, because at a certain point I would turn into victimhood and um, help uh, learned helplessness, I'd collapse. And so I'd give myself 30 minutes to deal with the pain And then I put it on the shelf and go back to life. You're going to have to find what that time limit is for you as well, all right? Step number six is empathy. And this is a dual empathy. It's not only empathy for ourselves, it's empathy for our parents, caregivers, teachers, coaches, brothers, sisters, whatever events that you discover that are keeping your worst day cycle going and your childhood trauma going, it's all these different events with people. It's cultural events. It's personal events. And the first thing is to recognize all of us in these situations did the best we could. As I said, as a society, we've never taught emotional mastery. We've never taught that it's okay to deal with emotions. So every person is just doing the best they can. You cannot be blamed for doing something you weren't even aware of. Like all the people who've you know, downplay emotions and say intellect is better. They didn't know that they're wrong, that the best way to be intellectual and the best way to succeed is to have emotional mastery. The answer's in the opposite. Well, they're not to blame for that. The best information at the time told them this. They're just operating from that. That isn't something to shame them about. And it's the same for you. You did the best you could as a child. Your parents, in most cases, it's my personal belief that almost all parents love and adore their child. The ones that don't, the ones that don't want the best for their child, that's because of how they were treated as a child. It's That is not an innate characteristic unless you're born with a defect. It is our innate position and, and temperament to love and take care of others. But if we don't do that, it's because of childhood trauma in almost all cases. And so that's the empathy that we have as we did the best we could with where we were at the time. No one ever taught us. So neither our parents or caregivers or whoever it was, or even the culture that taught us these false messages are to blame. Everyone's doing the best they can with the information that they have at the time. All right? Step seven, while it's great to have empathy, empathy can look just like trauma and just like being a victim. It's, I it's, gotta be nice to you again? What about me? Well, that's why step seven, we have to hold them accountable. And how do we do that? Well, now we get into, remember trauma gets stored in the body. It's a physical experience, the chemical reaction that happens. That's why yoga and body modalities have to be a part of our recovery journey because we need to release and change those chemicals. And so to hold them accountable, we're going to do a physical, there are a couple physical processes. This is the first. And this is wherever it is you store that emotional trauma in your body, I want you to reach in as though you're just grabbing that pain and that trauma, those words, the mantras, the actions, the look in their eyes, the pain you felt in that moment, the shame they dumped in you, whatever it was, grab it, pull it out and give it back to them. What I learned to say was, Dad, and and here's the key, it has to be coupled with empathy for both. And what I would always say is, Dad, I love you. I'm really sad that the world didn't know this and your parents didn't know this. My dad was beat to death as a kid. That used to be normal parenting. And you'll still hear people, you know, I watch TV shows and people are talking about getting whipped with a hose and they're like, yeah, but my parents weren't abusive. They were just teaching me a lesson. There's the minimization and condoning of abuse. And so that was a normal thing. My dad didn't finish his dinner. He was taken outside and beaten with a belt. That's what they did. So that leaves a child horrifically shamed and damaged. Well, my dad didn't know you could heal that. The culture didn't teach him that. So I pull it on like, dad, I'm so sad that the world and your parents did this to you but I'm not carrying this for you anymore. This is your responsibility." Now, I didn't say this to him personally. This is, a, in a sense, an individual, even spiritual act that we do of extracting the pain and going, no more. No, I'm done. This is yours. I refuse to carry it anymore. I talk about a confrontation I had with my father where I did it directly to his face, where I gave him his pain back. I held him accountable. Um, But that's, I won't get into that right now. But it's essential that we take the pain out of us. Now, this is a lifelong process. I go for walks and I get what I call shame burps, where I get a flashback memory, an emotion, right? My body tenses because I remember something where I acted inappropriately or bad choices and consequences for my life. And I'm like, oh, but I recognize all of those choices and all of that was learned behavior. It's what we do. That's what you'll learn about the worst day cycle is because of the trauma we go through in childhood, we then as adults choose to do it to ourselves. I know that doesn't seem right, but if you choose to invest in learning about the worst day cycle, you'll learn how that works. Now, if you want to learn about it, that's another thing. On my website, www.kennyweiss.net, I have a five-part series where I give away, not the full process that's in my book, but five articles. And uh, there's even a special menu item says worst day cycle. You can start learning how the worst day cycle works. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It's tough to digest because it, it places, it definitively shows us how to get into truth and take personal responsibility. And that's a tough process because our culture, which helps create emotions, has placed that responsibility on others. You can't talk to me this way, like everyone else is to blame. And none of that's true. Lisa Feldman Barrett's book proves that. It's the opposite, okay? Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So we give that pain back to them. Mom, Dad, I won't carry this for you. Whenever it comes up in our life, we give it back to them. Now we move into the next physical act of removing and healing the childhood trauma, and this is anger work. The first step in this is to write a letter. This isn't something you mailed. In some cases, it might be a good idea. I would suggest you work with a professional like myself and get insight as to whether it's appropriate to send this letter off. Um, But barring that, my suggestion is that you start with all of these different events. And the key here isn't to get bogged down in the details of the story, just the basics of what happened. But the key is the emotion. Keep that feelings wheel with you. And then talk about the hurt and damage that you experienced as a result of their perfect imperfections and their choices and the effect it had on you. And here's the key, really rage, rage about it. And for me, I found the best way for me to rage is to swear. You blankety blank, selfish, blah, blah. You didn't care. You like I just, like the mo- the things you would never say and you'd feel tremendous guilt if they ever knew you even thought or felt this stuff, that's the point. See right there, that guilt we feel over thinking and feeling this way about our parents, that's the result of the childhood trauma placed into us. Right there, we are making the choice that I will die in the subservience of your emotions, your mood, as long as you're okay. I will sacrifice myself. So if anyone feels any sense, anyone listening, feels any sense of hesitation or guilt or fear about writing or thinking, even feeling this way about your parents, that is a definitive sign you went through massive childhood trauma. Your reality was so stripped and reconstructed that your existence is about keeping them happy. Now, culture does that too. You know, um, spirituality is all about you know mother and father are never wrong, which that's that's not helpful. They're human. We all make mistakes, and so there are a lot of messages that keep this shame alive, and that's what we're dealing with. There's another really important point to this anger work. Is do you see what happened as a child? Because we were so young and defenseless, and because our survival depended on our caregivers. We couldn't fight back. We couldn't defend ourselves. And ultimately, what is anger? Stop. No. It's defense. It's the person who comes to do us physical, emotional, I can't say the word or the the services will ban me, but S-E-X, harm. Um, this is our defense. But see, as a child, we weren't allowed to defend ourselves. And this is why Anger work is so important. We need to learn how to defend ourselves. We, we've learned to suppress that. And this is a leading cause. If you look at stress and illness and disease, the leading cause in almost every illness and disease is the inability to stay. No, it's the stuffing that we learned as a child and we've continued through the worst day cycle all of our life. And it just, we literally eat ourselves from the inside out. That's how cancer works especially, okay? So it's critical that we learn to express this anger. Now, a second way to get physical with it is find a punching bag, punch your steering wheel. I used to take a golf club to my bed. Some people take a baseball bat, obviously not a person, but find an appropriate way to release the anger and the rage. Some of my clients, I've suggested they go to a rage house. Those can be fun, taking the baseball bat to windows and plates and just let it bring that letter with you and just let it rip. But again, we need to rid the body of these feelings. All right. <clears throat> Step number nine. Now we get into the reclaiming of the authentic self. What was there, what was born into us before the big and little traumas happen to us. That, you know, the trauma robs us of who we are. We're all adapting because of the trauma. We're creating all these different mechanisms and personas. That's what you learn in the worst day cycle and all of these things that we develop, but it's not who we authentically are. Well, the last two steps bring us towards that and begin that process. And and step nine, I call the feelization step. And this, what we're doing is we're working on the subconscious part of our brain to replace the emotional pain from the past, we're also creating new neural pathways. See, when you fire an emotion long enough, actually, when you do anything repeatedly, it creates a neural pathway, all right? So think of it this way. Think of a hill that just had three feet of powder overnight, snow, fall on it. And you decide to go sledding and you walk up the hill and you get to the top and you decide to slide down. All right? And you do that two or three times. By the third time, the snow is pressed down, right? And your pathway, you step in the same spots. Well, isn't that, do you see how that's just like the worst day cycle? And so you go down that, and this is why thought won't work. Nothing ever works because you've created a neural pathway that you're stuck in. And so you try and steer that sled out. It won't because now you're in walls. Well, that's a neural pathway. It's just been repeated over and over. And what happens is, is it develops something called myelin. Well, when we repeat behaviors, this is this insulative wrap that wraps around a circuit. When we do something over and over, it insulates it. So it wires faster, it, or it operates faster, better, like Tiger Woods, Great Athletes, Michael Jordan. They have fired a circuit so many times and there's so much myelin wrapped around it that they rarely miss that's the difference between them and luke longley if you know who he was but he doesn't have as much myelin on those circuits all right and so that's what we have to create you know the, the the first eight steps in this process you're learning about the cycle and how you've created this neural pathway and this loop of how you're replaying your thoughts feelings and actions your childhood trauma in every area of your life you romantic decisions, your business decisions, everything. All right? Well, now that we've become aware of it, we're gaining emotional mastery through tracking our feelings and all of that. Now we're creating new steps up the hill. Do you see that? And so now that we've released some of that, we get to the top of the hill and we're going to take a couple steps to the left and we're going to create a new neural pathway, one that works for us not against us, all right? So how do we do that? Well, that's a feeling process, not a thinking process. So what I I, there were several things I did. One, I used to just sit and smile. And like in many of my videos I look at, I'm like, God, I look like a serial killer because I talk about this and I'm smiling all the time. Well, that's because I learned smiling is one of the greatest ways to shift the way you feel. And so even when I felt terrible, I used to sit and watch TV and I'd just sit there smiling. I remember I was doing neurofeedback and the technician, he's like, you sure smile a lot. And I was like, and I told him what I was working on. You know, when I'm driving in the car, I just sit. I just smile. I'm creating a new emotional chemical addiction inside my brain and body. I would also ask myself, what would it feel like if I never felt this sadness? depression, anger, um, being invisible, abandoned, whatever the hurt was, if you were to take that thought and feeling away, and I never experienced what would be left over, I'd feel light. That's what most of my clients say, light. Like it's this unburdening of weight that they've been carrying all their life. That's the emotional experience. Um, Light, powerful, safe, strong, at ease, calm, confident. Like even just telling you about this process, have you noticed like my whole body position moved back? Because I'm always nervous when I do these things. It's really awkward to talk to a lens, not a person. Um, And so just by describing a smile, do you see I've leaned back? My voice, my tone is much deeper. It's much slower. It's more confident, calm. Like that's the neural pathway. Man, I just have to talk about it. And I slide right into it. I would sit, I used, I created vision boards. Not in the way most people think of vision boards of getting something, but in vision boards of who do I want to become? How do I want to experience life? And so like I put pictures of vacation spots that I liked. Now, what most people do and you'll learn this in in the free classes, they look at the picture as as though they're outside of it. The key to a feelization is to put yourself inside the picture. And so I remember there's this one with a couch and and it's all glass doors that are open and the ocean's here and there are palm trees. And you can see by the palm trees, they're leaning because the wind off the ocean. And so looking at the picture, you see the back of the couch, the fireplace and all of that. Well, I would sit at my desk chair as though I was in the couch and I'd close my eyes and I'd feel what would it feel like to be sitting on that couch? How would those cushions feel? Oh, and then like, just like this, see, I'm moving back as though I'm in the couch, crossing my leg and turning towards that breeze. Can I smell that ocean water? Like I'm there, I'm creating the new neural pathway. You do this with, you know, uh, relationships, anything you want in your life, we have to create the feeling of who we want to become and who we really are. That must be embedded into us. And so picture what's the most powerful, self-protective, loving, kind, sexy, whatever it is you want, type of person you want to be, what is it? Now you can use a person, place, or thing, doesn't matter, but because many people are hurting and they're like, I can't even envision what that would be like, then find something like those pictures. When I saw them, I was like, ooh, that's me. Like back then I had no money. I saw pictures of great suits. And I was like, ooh, yeah, I want to wear that suit. Well, now I'm wearing suits, okay? So in other words, I, I looked at, who do I want to be without this pain? I created visions around that. And then I sat in the feeling and I created the emotional chemical reaction that created a new neural pathway. And that's a big piece of me healing my childhood trauma. Even though I've done neurofeedback, it's been brilliant, EMDR, yoga, mindfulness, meditation. I've done it all. The most powerful change in me was this, all right? Uh, finally, let's move to step number 10. Self-forgiveness, we have to look at the part we played. And mostly, this isn't the part we played as a child, we were defenseless, there was nothing we could do. But as an adult, as if we decide to invest in learning how the worst day cycle works, we'll see that yes, we did not know this person was a narcissist or whatever it may be. But the only reason we didn't know was because we hadn't been educated. We hadn't been educated that our brain and body will seek to relive the childhood trauma from the past, unless we heal it. We are responsible for that. We are responsible for gaining the knowledge, skills and tools. And so ultimately when someone can't forgive somebody else, what it really means is they haven't forgiven themselves in part because they haven't learned how. Well, my free class, everything I'm offering for you shows you how to do that. And this is also a meditative process of, learning to love ourselves for being perfectly imperfect. And so the new mantra, when things pop up, remember I talked about the shame birds and I have memories of things. What I always say to myself is, Kenny, you did the best you could with where you were at the time. If you had known better, you would have done better. Do you see how I'm forgiving myself? I'm letting myself off the hook. I'm not blaming myself. I'm also holding myself responsible. I'm saying, if I knew better, I would have done better. I'm not playing the victim, I'm not blaming, I'm taking ownership of the part I played. And then the next step is, I'm really proud of you. You keep working your tail off. And when you run up against something, the first thing you do is you go gather knowledge, you work on it as a skill, and you eventually turn it into a tool. And man, I'm so proud of you. Do you see? That's the ownership piece, the part I played, forgiving myself that I just wasn't aware taking ownership, that it's my job to become aware that if I didn't know this was gonna happen, then I need to take responsibility to go learn about it so that I don't repeat it. If we're repeating relationships, problems in our life, it's not the problem. The problem is not the problem. The problem is us. We have not made the choice to go become an expert and gain the knowledge skills, and tools. Nothing will change. You won't miraculously attract somebody different until you heal yourself and you deal. You get into truth and responsibility that we become what we feel, not what we think. And it's our job to shift that. And this is the process to help you. Now, I said to you, I had two more options for you for those who really want to dig into this, who are ready for the complete process My first suggestion is to pick up my book, Your Journey to Success. This will walk you through the complete worst day cycle um, and you can start gaining the knowledge so you can see how you're repeating this. And this is the, the reason for everything in your life. And you'll know where to start. Now, after reading that and you're ready to do the work, you're like, I'm done. I'm done playing the victim. I'm done blaming. I'm done making excuses. I'm ready for responsibility and many to look I, if you're not ready for that, I don't shame you. There are many times in my journey, I wasn't ready to do the work either. That's okay. Just get into truth that you're choosing it. Don't blame it on money Is you still have your cable bill and your phone bill and all these other things. And you get Starbucks once a week. The, the amount of people that watch my stuff that can't afford any of this is so small, but they're not willing to sacrifice something to heal. Well, that's okay. I get it. You'd just rather have TV or whatever it may be over this. Well, I don't know that that's something to be ashamed of, but at least get into truth and take responsibility. Like that's recovery right there. Just going, yeah, I could find a way. I could create a hustle or something to generate the money, but I don't want to. Well, that's recovery right there. That's self-forgiveness. That's self-compassion because you're taking ownership of the situation. But if you're ready for it, then my monthly subscription to the Complete Emotional Mastery is the solution for you. It's a series of nine masterclasses which walk you through the full process on how to heal from the worst day cycle and your childhood trauma. I'm always adding new content, new classes. You can cancel any time, it's just $47 a month. Um, You can work as fast or as slow as you like, it's up to you. It's a very detailed process to walk you through healing your childhood trauma. So there you go. There's your 10 steps along with a lot of bonuses to help you heal the childhood trauma from your past. I hope this helps you. And if you think it'll help others, please share it with them. Have a great day.